Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. back to the end of august the end of august sounds poetic actually the middle of august about exactly the middle of august probably oh that's true this is so this is gonna be almost live the, <laughs> yes i was gonna say the closest to being live that we have ever done and maybe we'll ever do yeah that, yeah maybe because my my ocd doesn't allow me to do these things last thing so so this Okay, so we were going to meet up, and we were just talking the other day, and we had no idea yep. what we were going to talk about, because we haven't talked in a while, Yep. because I had a baby. Well, well not you, you, but... No, that's right. My <laughs> wife had a baby, exactly. to be exact. Um, so for the past few months, I've just been in, in family world. Family hibernation, we can call it. <laughs> Something like that, but a hibernation where you're awake and not actually hibernating. <laughs> <laughs> too much, actually. We're awake too too much time of the day. But yeah. And uh, needless to say, there's not really words to describe it, but I'll just go with wonderful well, of and different. Of course. There's nothing you can compare it to Yeah. Um, if you haven't had the experience yet. And it's... Agreed. I, well, I was joking with someone the other day. They were like, oh, so what is it like? And I was like, so you know how your life... Is like one way, and they were like, "Yeah," and I was like, it, "It's not that. Like, there's something. <laughs> like, there's something totally yep. novel being introduced and like changing the form." And it, and it's funny because I remember me telling you like your life is about to change in a way that you cannot understand. Yeah. And probably when I was saying that, you were like, "Yeah, sure, okay." And yeah. Well, it's also like you don't. You, like it's like trying to explain, which we'll get into our thing. Yeah. Like a, like hearing to someone who can't hear, yeah, like it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like it sounds like somebody's crazy, and you know why? Why the hell are you telling me this thing? Well, how different can it be? I'm gonna have a little thing to take care of. I I get that less time for myself, but what else can it be? But it, it does change completely. And then we were, we're supposed to meet again. After oh, this. that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> but da, da, but, da. but da, 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 I got COVID, and uh, it took me out for quite a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now we're finally back on track, kind of, sort of. Yes, and we're in episode seventy-five, and yeah. so to kind of merge these two things together, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in a weird way, yeah, in a weird way that we didn't plan. Um, we were saying that when you have a kid, you can't really understand what it's like until it actually happens. And when you hear the words that describe it, when you aren't in that situation, the words almost have no referent, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like a little kid, you trying to explain heartbreak to a little kid. Yeah. Or, I don't know, being in financial trouble. Or yeah. Like, they just don't, like, what do you mean? I know the words, but yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, it would be like you, um, you tell a kid, like, I have no money. And they're like, why don't you go to the bank and get it? Yeah, right? That we, Me and Claire talk about that, right? When you're little, you think, like, you just go to the bank and yeah, they give you, you money. Might, exactly. Um, so that coupled with this COVID thing is we were catching up before the episode um, and inadvertently ran into the issue of lingering sensory issues yeah. as a result of having COVID. So just to give some context, I had it twice. Mm -hmm. I had the OG strain and then I had uh, the first Omicron. Yeah. And that was it. And then you I just I, had it. Yeah, it just must have been the five, the six, whatever it is right now. Whatever it is. It's like BA6 or something. It's like going to be like the, the Tractatus, like yeah. B1.1.2. <laughs> uh, you know, if we got this rate, yes. Uh, I I noticed that I think even the CDC is giving up. They, they're, they're like, enough. 
Like this, we're gonna call this COVID. <laughs> is, it's here to stay. We'll we'll let That's let it. it be. So we were talking, and so you started out by telling me that the actual sickness in the moment was like, oh, I had a couple of days mm-hmm. where I had a fever and it was like whatever. It was like the flu. But then afterwards, you ha- you were like having this pressure and yep. out of breath thing and all that. And so I was explaining the lingering stuff with me. And we wound up talking about taste and smell. Yeah. So if anyone listening has had this, mm-hmm. I think this will be a very unique and cool episode to talk to yeah. because you might be talk to to listen to because you might have been wondering some of these questions and like maybe you're going through the same thing but we're also going to generally kind of talk about sensation and you know how it relates to the physical and consciousness and and see what kind of happens yeah Yeah. and i think that probably oh i I don't know it's the first thing that came to mind when we say let's talk about this um is that uh a distinction that we can make in philosophy in general between perception and sensation, right? Because mm. some people might think like, oh, is it, is, uh, are we talking about perceptions? Because we kind of did that before, right? Mm. So they're like, uh, this is not it, right? Well, with perception, um, I think we generally um, identify all the way in which humans perceive the world generally right as a species we can say with sensation instead we're talking about almost the subjective stuff right the way Mm. things feel to the individual i don't know if this distinction is mainstream or just me but yeah i wonder because i was i guess in my head i i see them as being very close but i i could pinpoint a distinction um and i think it's hard because you have these words so you have perception you have sensation, mm-hmm. and then you have sense perception, <laughs> yes. right? Which is kind of the melding of the yeah. two. And I'm, I'm thinking of Locke. Yeah. And the way I guess I would distinguish between the two, even though they go hand in hand, is like perception would be the bigger one, mm-hmm. and I would probably think about perception as a process, like the elaboration of sensation. It's like the giving, okay, and the sensation would be the or at least one of the things given in the perceptual process. Mm-hmm. Is that it? like are you on the same page? No, I know what you're saying. So yes, now I I connected in my mind the dots here. So there's the thing. You're right. Traditionally, perception is the process. If you want the elaboration that our mind or brain makes. When he receives those given things, there are sense data. So sensation is the, the, the giving process. That is assuming that these two things are distinct, of course, right? Um, and that is where I, where the distinction I make comes up. Because, again, the perceptive thing will be the, uh, the give and take thing, while the, the sensation, contrary to the tradition, to me, is like just the way, the specific way in which I take stuff. So, okay, this is already interesting because I think you're right that at least some people, I mean, I don't know how many, if it's half and half or whatever, um, might reject the distinction on the basis that, hey, you're creating this new category where there shouldn't be one. Because basically you're you're talking about qualia without using the word right yeah, you said like exactly the like the what it is like of the perception right the exactly. thing it feels like inside and, exactly. and some people are like hey that's not a real thing exactly exactly so i think but again regardless i uh, without getting uh, too much into it i think that there is a difference to be made there uh, between because the things that we were talking about almost wouldn't make any sense if if there was just this this given thing right this thing mm. that you just it's there and it's the data right datum in latin is what is given what is there what is objective and you just our senses they tell us that things are out there and that's it that we are completely passive in the traditional way of looking at this there's more nuance than this but just to make it 
just to make it clear. While probably, uh, and I'm assuming that you are in the same camp as I am, I think that we are much more creative with this thing, whether we want to mm -hmm. call it perception or sensation. Um, I'm actually think that we just, nothing is given, but everything is taken, literally. Uh, Interesting, because the, the taken implies a more active role. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So I think that it's the act of taking rather than the act of, you know, being given something. So in other words, we're already starting from uh, the point of we're not just like a sponge taking yes. in things. Yes. It's like as we're looking out the window, yes, stuff is being given, but also we are contributing to like the what is being given. Like we're, we're doing a thing. Yeah. We're coloring. We're yeah. creating. Yes. And that is definitely the the moderate camp right because then there's the extreme camp where with idealism for example but there's nothing there i'm just yeah yeah creating out of nothing even the objects right uh but we're not getting into that today at least i we're giving we're, we're just analyzing the interaction right yes and i think that at the end of the day uh the it should be evident in my mind i don't know if for you, it's the same way. It should be evident that there's no data, data, in the true sense of the way. It's something that it's just there, and everybody just picks it the right way. Mm. Uh, and I think that everyone, uh, for sure, one that has uh, COVID and this kind of symptoms, but uh, everyone in their life has had this th this experience, right? Everyone has had a fever, and uh, I'm just going to use like the classic example. And we have eaten chicken soup with a fever and without a fever. And we bought, uh, we all know that they taste different, right? Hmm. If you're congested, things taste different. Sometimes we're like, why am I even eating? I cannot taste anything, right? And that becomes extreme with the strain of COVID that you were describing. With me, it's a little different. But I, I, as I was telling you, I have also some some strange gustatory things on my, of my own. I don't even know if it's just... Um, I cannot recognize it or I don't, I never learn. Mm. I have no idea. about. So, okay. We have all this context. Yeah. We're talking about sensation. Now, if we were to kind of start at the, the level zero here, you talk about the senses, you start with, okay. So we're talking about sight. Yep. Hearing. Mm -hmm. I have to count with my fingers. <laughs> we both, we're both do. I always do that. Uh, smell. So yep. olfactory stuff, yep. taste, gustatory stuff and then uh tactile touch yes. yes so these are things that we do that give us phenomenon that are localized to that specific thing and like they're all they're all like in other words whatever a sound is very different from whatever a smell is now, of yes. course, you have instances of, like, synesthesia where there's overlap. And even if you don't have synesthesia, like Husserl and maybe other phenomenologists will say they go hand in hand. But in general, mm -hmm. as a starting point, there's, like, yep. some qualitative difference between each of those things. Yes. And I will, arg I will argue that not only the, the this qualitative differences are not just about the the object of the sensation, which seems, it might seem obvious to somebody who's, who's listening, right? Like, hey, of course a sound is different than something that I see, right? Not that obvious, but still, right? Uh, but there's also a difference in, in um, how can we say, at least in appearance, there is a difference when it comes to, oh, how can we say, the amount of our creativity that goes in there when mm. when uh, um, interacting with this kind of senses, right? So uh, I I think that possibly I don't know it goes we there's more creativity going into uh, I don't know hearing than there is in when it comes to tactile stuff. Just making, just making this up. 
meaning that the differences that we notice. So when we touch something uh, that is rough, let's say, probably like 99.9% .9 of the people will say that that is rough, right? But when we listen to something, when we hear music or when we hear, and music maybe it's complicated, but when we hear a sound, I think that there's going to be less of an agreement of what kind or type of sound that is. Because mm. sounds in general, I think, have more qualities than tactile stuff. So something like... If, but that doesn't, uh, let, yeah, th yeah. that doesn't imply that one is more important than the other. It's just a, just a matter of actually one might be more basic than the other because the entire species doesn't disagree on something. Right. Well, well, we do disagree on, on the other stuff. That's a good point. So it's something like the let's call it the domain mm -hmm. or the scope of this sensor. Right. In yeah. some literal sense, um, the scopes differ. Mm -hmm. And because some scopes are larger, there is more room for. Like different associations or more similarities between things that things could be like, for example, because I, I was thinking something. Um, we all touch the rough thing. We're all going to say it's rough. No one's going to say it's smooth. Yeah. If, if like we listen to some sound, right? Some piece of music. And then we say, what, uh, what does that feel like? And that's that's already interesting because we're using feeling now in a, a metaphorical way rather than in the, the tactile way. And, uh, yeah. Um, but you you might say, this song sounds, this is hopeful. Mm -hmm. And then I say, oh, that's interesting because I think it sounds melancholy. Yeah. So. And there's something about those that are similar enough but different enough to where they introduce possibilities that wouldn't be there in a more fundamental sense, like uh, tactility, mm -hmm. word, um, because it's more just like the older part of our brain where it's just like, do the thing, don't do the thing. Yeah, so and I'm also thinking of something else. I'm also thinking of the following. So, you know, with, with music, for example, with sounds in general, you have the basic stuff right the physical stuff almost right we could say there's a specific sound that might hurt your ears right there's a specific sound that's more that's high or low right those things and there are already more people that disagree on that or how high or how low a sound is you know there's the perfect hearing thing the the, the perfect ear what is it called the the, the the absolute ear perfect that, pitch yeah not the absolute ear uh i something i don't remember i don't know in english how okay. it's called but people that you you hit a, a note on the pla on the on the piano and they can tell you exactly what note that is yeah uh, i think they call that perfect pitch yeah okay i uh, i trust you <laughs> okay and uh so there is that which is more of a physical thing but still again more differences than people would say this is rough this is not rough right and then there is the fact that something like hearing gives us feelings and ways in which we feel emotionally that tactile style do not i don't think i think that's i don't want to say it's impossible but it is much more common for somebody to hear to a sound and having its mood change and it doesn't even need to be uh, a song right can be a literal sound and maybe your mood change you can get scared you can get sad whatever just by listening by hearing whatever sound then there are people that are get these emotional responses by touching something there okay. are there is a basic level with tactile style for stuff for example you can some things can feel gross right if a spider is walking on you right that feels pretty gross. I don't remember which insect you ate right the second. Centipedes? Centipedes, yes. They who shall not be named. <laughs> so a centipede that walks on you 
is a tactile sensation, and I'm sure yeah, you already. Uh, it feels terrible, right? It feels like horrible. But then, what other sensation would you add? That something feels soft, feels, but that feels comfortable. That feels cozy, but that's not a mood. Mm. That's not a feeling. In the same way, I don't know, a very, uh, I don't know, screeching sound can make you feel. That can scare you in a way, and really can make you feel in a specific way. That takes time to recover from it. So it's almost more, more all-encompassing when it comes to feelings and moods uh, than it is, hearing it is, I mean, than, than tactile style stuff are. Huh. And, and so it seems like already um, there's, it's almost like, oh, we got to slow down even further because there's a difference between how it makes you feel yeah. and how it makes you feel. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yes. when you hear a sound, uh, you know, oh, hope, melancholy. But yeah. it's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Pump the brakes. Like go even more fundamental. How does it um, feel? Sharp. Exactly. Um, dull. Exactly. Loud, quiet. Exactly. All those things. And I'm wondering if um, as you get closer to the more fundamental stuff like um, the touch if the variety of properties let's call them shrink because you are moving closer and closer to that basic binary of good bad pleasure okay. pain okay right because when you when you touch something if you touch something rough mm -hmm. there's going to be a how would you call it primordial opposition to that yeah right like be, you know like harlow's monkeys yeah, the yeah. monkey doesn't go to the cold wiry thing yeah it goes to the warm, soft mother. And there, there's like a good, bad comfort, uh, fear mm -hmm. kind of distinction, right? Security, anxiety or something mm -hmm. like that, right? Like almost like um, stability and order versus chaos and unsurety. Mm -hmm. And so roughness is an example of that. I think warmth versus coldness, right? You turn on the shower. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. You, just, <laughs> you just dissolve, right? Exactly. Like I just don't exist. I'm a ball of... Isn't he, but isn't it you to take cold showers? No, that's Gene. No, that's Gene. Yeah, because it because it, it's like it, it serves a function for um, yeah. inflammation in your immunity, and I'll do that at the end of my showers sometimes. You guys are crazy, but only after I first enjoy a <laughs> nice long. <laughs> yeah, I see thing, I see. but so right. So you have like warmth, cold, smooth, rough. Um, whatever you want to call it. And I'm wondering if think of it like color. Okay. You have a color wheel and, and you have like red and blue mm -hmm. and then you could zoom in and you start to see more shades of red mm -hmm. and more shades of blue. And the more you zoom in, you're like millions of shades of red, millions of shades of blue. And it seems like, maybe the more primordial um, sense organs are giving you things that are cl less complex, mm. closer to dichotomies, even if they never reach an absolute perfect dichotomy, whereas the higher level things allow for more gradations mm -hmm. and complexity. So I, long, long, long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote something, uh, on this kind of stuff and the the idea that i had was that the more primordial things like the, the things that we call it more primordial the more basic level the one that is shared by everybody and we have less confusion about uh which is the tactile stuff stuff for me right it is uh it is the way it is he has less inputs 
understand, we feel less things, let's say, because we've mentioned like cold, warm, smooth, rough. There are a few other things that are later, there's literally like one more dichotomy and that's it. Mm -hmm. that, that I don't remember right now what it is because it's something like specific that I don't remember right now. Um, the reason why this is, is because this sense, we perceive it everywhere, every time. So it needs to be limited because it's all over our skin, right? It needs to be limited because otherwise we will be, it will be sensory overwhelmed. We will be overwhelmed by sensory stuff at all times. Hmm. While the more the complex things are, if you, if you think about it, the most complex is probably sight, right? People will say the sight is one of the most complex stuff. But sight as a specific characteristic, you can close your eyes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can exclude these things all of a sudden if you're being overwhelmed. You can do this with your ears too, but it's more difficult. You already takes your hands to be put in there and it's not 100%, right? Yeah, because you hear the swishing and everything. Exactly. Well, with your eyes, if you close your eyes, you most like you're shutting that off. And, you know, and then there's the other thing, right? Smell will be the second one in order after touching things. Because it, why? Because you're always breathing through your nose. This is what it's made for. So that's another thing that it's always there. You cannot, yeah, you can not breathe for not that long, right? So <laughs> Not too long. <laughs> not that long. So that's another thing that it cannot be overwhelming you too much. So the, the dichotomies, the, the things that you perceive through your nose cannot be too many. And then there is taste, because the same thing. You can, you can decide not to put things in your mouth, but eventually you will need to, because otherwise you'll die. Yeah, I mean, you, the, the oral stage, right? This is the, the, one of the first things yeah. you go through. Yeah. And then, again, you're in sight. So I'm wondering if this is, again, it's, since there's no rotal theory of perception, you can <laughs> you can understand that this doesn't make didn't make any any waves in the in the scientific community, uh, but <laughs> but but nobody nobody said that that is wrong, right? So I, I, I can say that. No, th there's clearly a, a clear line of reasoning to it, um, and and I kind of see in addition to this. Uh, an Aristotelian uh, scale, like a like not the chain of being, but like a scale of complexity, where you say like, I don't, I don't know. I'll ask you maybe. Do you think that the the upper level, the more upper you go, mm -hmm. not only does it get more complex, but it contains at least a so metaphorical version of the thing beneath it. Uh Mm, and here's what I mean by that. Please. If you, um, if I, so my pencil is pretty dull right now, but if I were to sharpen the pencil, right, and like poke my finger, mm -hmm. I'd say sharp. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I have it dull, mm -hmm. dull, okay? Um, if I hear a noise, you can like call a cat it sharp. screeching. Like, oh, that's sharp. Mm -hmm. Or I hear a note that's higher than the other or higher than it should be. Oh, that's sharp. Whereas if I hear like a like a, a lull, I mm -hmm. say, oh, that's dull. Mm -hmm. So there there seems to be like... So sometimes me and Claire will talk about uh, like instances of, of what we refer to as literal metaphors right, in things. And this seems to be one. Another example of this that is more quote unquote established mm -hmm. in like psychological literature would be um, have you ever heard of the Buba Kiki mm -hmm. phenomenon? No, not at all. Okay. So you, you guys should uh, look this up if you're listening. It's like B O U B A, then K I K I, I think. And what it is, is they show people these two images. And like, I. It, Basically, I'll, I'll like draw you, mm. and then people can look it up. One of the things looks like um, very rounded, okay, and very like a blob kind of, okay, like almost like something like that, okay. 
And the other thing is more pointed. More, more, yeah, okay, gotcha. You're about to say it, right? Yeah. You're about to say like more sharp or something. Yeah. Um, even though you don't feel it. Yeah. And they say, they ask the participants, which one of these figures is named Booba and which one of these figures is named Kiki? And the B and one, like, the B one is the round one, of course. Exactly. The overwhelming majority of, of people say the same exact thing, yeah. and you actually like, why? And it has something to do with this connection to smoothness mm. and dullness and sharpness and pointiness, <laughs> both in like the tactile sense, but also in the visual sense, like rounded letters and mm -hmm. the sharpness of the A, and then the noise, like a K versus mm -hmm. a B. So there's like all these crazy all things stuff. going yeah. together. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. And I'm, yeah, I think that at least metaphorically, one contains the other. Um, I'm wondering also if there is a physical aspect to it, meaning that on a certain level, the, the sensation that we get from our skin, right? It's kind of repeated everywhere right in a different way because the sound touches literally our eardrums mm -hmm. and uh, the, the smell is the same thing inside our nose and the mouth is the same thing so if we're able to understand all these things because of that uh but yeah there is there's this metaphorical aspect too i will and again we don't need to make scales necessarily but i will also assume and this was the other assumption of this very old paper that because of that, the more important one is actually touch. Mm. Against the idea that we usually have, that the more complex one is vision. Uh, one instead, and it goes along with what you're saying, without touch, we cannot learn to make these metaphors that we use while mm. we see things. So the basic level that se seems the simplest one is also the more fundamental we can say oh that that, that definitely touches um, touches the metaphysics of of senses huh, wow <laughs> it's like the how would you say the 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 basic ingredients yeah the bedrock of it um that's super interesting yeah i have, i don't think that's controversial for me at all I, I based on what i've heard okay that sounds to be at least like the implicit metaphysics of things even if people don't like acknowledge that yeah so there's the metaphor, there's the literal too. There's the like, oh, when I look at the letter B, mm -hmm. if I touched it, I bet it would be smooth, right? Versus if I looked at the letter K, oh, if it, I touched that, it would be sharp. And if, yeah. if it made a noise, it would be pretty. And, and then you could do all these things like base design a character. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, what is this thing like, right? What clothes does it wear? What? And so there's these crazy schemas that yeah. like... That we you might not have even known that you have. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, it's interesting because they are literally embedded in the way we are. Yeah. They're, they're part of the way we function. Uh, and as you say, we sometimes don't don't understand it. And when to that, and you're already doing it, but when to that, uh, just to make it explicit, you add language, mm -hmm. which is almost a sixth sense mm -hmm. that goes outward instead of inward. Things get even more complicated, right? Because then all of a sudden you realize that most of the things that we call what we call, I'm already saying it, right? That are called what they're called, they're just named, but there is very little certainty that designate, that denote exactly the same thing. But that is probably a, a, slightly, a slightly more complex discussion that we can have uh, in a little bit. Um, but just staying on a basic level right now. So the the idea here is to kind of recap that there are some things that are simpler but more basic and probably more important uh, because they're the bedrock of everything else. And when it comes to sensation, we seem to have uh, the least amount of, of trouble when on agreeing on a specific uh, tactile sensation, for example, that we have, than on a visual sensation. I always say this. I'm, I always get into arguments about what color things are. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. 
because if I say it's blue, then somebody can comment like, no, it's not exactly blue. It's blah blah blah. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, this is blue. And depend, and it's not that I that one of us is colorblind. It's just the definition of that something allows for much more disagreement than smooth does. That is an interesting pickle to find yourself in because it could be one of at least two things. The first thing is, I think the thing you're saying, which is we see the same thing, but we're dis to go back to disagreements, but we're, we're disagreeing about what, ha what word we should use to describe it or like yeah. what category it falls into in our conceptual framework versus we the opposite we have the same word categories but we're seeing different things and i guess the third would be both of them are different yeah. right so like uh i find that this happens uh often between blue and gray green and gray interestingly enough sometimes um purple reds and those are the ones that come to mind but do you agree that at the end of the day we had these disagreements with colors so visual stuff but rarely if any with touch touch stuff <sighs> yeah absolutely and i'm wondering if it's like okay because imagine god if, if i were to make it like to draw a comparison to technology mm -hmm. let's say you have um, a screwdriver. Yeah. And then let's say we mm -hmm. also have a electronic computerized multi-tool. Okay. The screwdriver, one-dimensional. Yeah. It does one thing yeah. in one way. <laughs> He does it the, well, but it's it, it does it well, right? <laughs> Old faithful. Correct. But then the electronic computerized multi-use tool yeah. could do a bunch of things in a bunch of different ways. So that's going to break more often or that's going to have yeah. issues or it's like, you know, I can fix um, my, my microphone because it's like welding a couple wires. Right, but I can't build a rocket. <laughs> so it seems like, or it's like, oh, my my Nintendo breaks, my NES game isn't working. I can open it up and be like, here's three blocks, blow on it, clean it with alcohol. <laughs> the, right? Versus Xbox, I don't even know what it's on now. Yeah. That's, that's showing a funny age thing. Um, so it seems like touch is like the Nintendo. Touch is like the screwdriver. It's like, yeah. no, no, that one doesn't break. It's like one wire versus the, the super complex thing, which is your eyes. But I'm, yes. And I'm wondering if to, to piggyback on And this that's why there's disagreement, by the way. I don't think I said that part. I'm wondering if to continue on this metaphor, if the issue then becomes also a, one of complexity, right? At the end of the day, we need more complex knowledge and a bunch of different stuff to fix the, the, the Xbox or to build a rocket than what we do to fix the, the, the Nintendo or the, the screwdriver to sharpen the screwdriver back end, right? Uh, and this is why we had the disagreement there. It's just a matter of if we, if we are two people that study the color blue all our lives, we'll probably mm -hmm. be in agreement with what blue is and blue is not. Uh, but then I'm wondering if when it comes to, to tactile stuff instead, it's easier to for the layman with all of uh -huh. us will agree on that, right? Yeah, so it's like there's less to go wrong and less to disagree with. And so there's less of a need to explain or figure out. Definitely. Therefore, there is less language. Definitely. It, definitely. Is, it is almost almost always already understood or pre-understood, right? Now, um, uh, but if that's true, right, at the end of the day, uh, shouldn't we... I wonder why we 
sometimes get into this this way of thinking, and I'm not saying that this is wrong, but I'm saying, assuming that the issue is complexity, right? It should be, quote unquote, obvious that we're all perceiving the same thing. We're just calling it different, differently, depending on the knowledge, let's call it, that we have about certain thing. Because if perce if perception or sensation works the way the smooth and rough things work and they're just a little bit more complex it's just a matter of understanding each other but it is still uh, smooth or 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 rough right hmm. so it is either blue or not blue and of course there are certain situations where things go wrong right where there's uh, daltonism which is being colorblind uh, or stuff like that but the overall the majority of the people should be uh, should be seeing the same thing and just disagreeing on the name if that things work. So there is an objective way in which we perceive things. Yeah, and in like in an as objective as an inductive argument could be kind of way because yeah, exactly it's reasonable to, reasonable to believe mm -hmm. because of how things have played out, so to speak that most of the time most people are seeing most things mostly the same and the disagreements are about the f the the categorization yep. i suppose yeah but the tr the but trouble not, but that becomes is good good i was about to say but that is at the end of the day that is not really true what's that 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 this that we all perceive rough and smooth the same way either but because they're more basic, as you were saying before, we're able to recognize it without... It's because they... I think that because they provoke us a less intense uh, emotional feeling, they're less... Uh, you know, they're, they're just the basic... I don't want to get pricked, so I just don't touch the things that are very rough. I don't touch things that are very cold because they feel bad. I don't touch things that are very hot because I get burned. But aside from that, when it comes to the emotional well-being, they don't, they don't count as much to us. So we agree, even though there might be some differences there. Hmm. Okay, I, I didn't know if that's what you were going to say. I don't know if I agree with that part because I think that like warmth... There's a case we made that that is warmth and comfort is like no 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 but uh, th the most no, emotional thing I, right I, uh, but that is already comfort which is uh, comfort is not like what can I say I think the comfort is qualitatively different than sadness or or fear or anxiety or on the other on the other end expand from joy happiness i think okay. it's a, it's also let's sure. call it a lower level uh less complex uh, yeah emotional response that our body is and i'm, and I'm saying this because hmm. i don't at the end of the day and and i know it seems like i'm contradicting myself what i'm trying to say is that it might seem that because we have a basic understanding that seems similar for everyone right nobody disagrees if something is smooth or not right i think that there's less to disagree with because the differences in, in sensation are different are, sorry are less but also we disagree less because we care less about that thing care Beca less because at the end of the day as we were saying at the beginning there is the creative aspect of of sensation we are putting something in there and it wouldn't make any sense that we don't do that on a level and we do it all on another level we still doing it we just don't care I th so I think this is ultimately a question of whether we think that the intellectual sphere is more intense than the pre-intellectual sphere. Mm. I think that's what it is, right? Because it's like the fact that we care about something more, does that mean that it's more uh, emotionally 
or sensorily dimensional or does it just mean we're focusing our attention there and we shouldn't be because no really if a car runs over my foot obviously that's more intense than like oh am i gonna get this good grade so i feel like that's that's a really interesting question yeah and i don't think yeah that's (laughs) but what i was gonna say previously is the the thing about there's there's some universals or there's some things approaching universals yeah right these base level things and when there's hiccups let's say or little disruptions moments where uh, like some some negation shows itself yeah that that makes us question a lot of things and that's what makes it not deductive right this is like the whole thing about well sure probably two people with identical eye neural and brain anatomy standing from the same angle looking at the same object with the same light are probably going to have the same sensation qualitatively there's nothing intrinsic to the definition of any of those things since they're all empirical and therefore contingent that would necessitate us having that same color experience and this is why you know jackson or chalmers will be like well we we can't know if it's just entirely like reading physical things yeah um and the this gets interesting because you'll have people disagree about things and you wonder why they disagree right Mm -hmm. what are we disagreeing about so there's the base level ones you're saying like you know is this what color is this and then you say gray and then i say blue mm-hmm. right and we could be like what is that but then there's also things like okay do you like chocolate i know you do right yeah okay because i know you you said you like chocolate better than vanilla do you like milkier chocolate or dark chocolate but let's say milky to for for simplicity okay if someone asks you point blank, mm-hmm. do you like, you know, would you eat ninety uh, percent dark chocolate? Here's a here's a dark chocolate bar, ninety percent. Now because I wouldn't be able to sleep forever, probably. Oh, because what the caffeine? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Besides that, though, just gustatorily. ninety uh, percent is a little bit too much, probably. Why don't you like it? Because it's uh, it's too. They would get into the thing that we were talking before. Let's say it's too bitter. Okay. Too bitter. Now, if I say I don't like 90% chocolate, it's conceivable that my reasoning could be because it's not bitter enough. Sure. I like one. Like, I had a friend, Eric, if he's listening, he'll know. He used to eat um, 100%. Like oh the baking God. bars, <laughs> like that you you go in the store when you're cooking stuff, and he would say it was like the most beautiful, intense sensation. But to most people, they're like, "Oh, it's super bitter." So the question becomes: Does he like it because he's not sensing the bitterness that all of us feel when we were to no, have li- that one hundred percent? He probably likes the bitter taste, right? Or is he like super into the bitter thing? It's like. It's like people that like to get beat up, though, right? It, I mean, it's like masochistic, right? Yeah. Right. But I'll give you... Okay. That's interesting, though, because... Assuming that that's masochistic, like the bitter stuff. Like to me, assuming. Could, assuming. It could be even more masochistic to eat, like, super sweet stuff, right? That's, like, disgustingly sweet. So That's true. That's true. And to just be unhealthy generally. Yeah. But... Um, like, what does that mean when, like, is there a disconnect between sensation or a disconnect between preference? And, like, what does it mean when you could, like, map those things differently? Another one would be cilantro, right? Some people say, do you like it? Nope. Okay, and why don't you like it? It just tastes like coal. <laughs> like what? Like coal. Coal? Yeah. <laughs> I've, that's so funny. Um because most pe- so what they say you've probably heard this is that people say it tastes soapy. So, no, it's, uh, yeah, I heard that, but I just it doesn't taste like soap to me. It tastes like literally like a piece of burnt wood. That's what it, it tastes. Bur- 
so okay so i love cilantro okay so now you have like but i five like different c- categories right you have i don't taste the soap yeah. and therefore i like it i taste the soap and therefore i like it because maybe i like the soapy taste and then the inverse of both of those yeah right and then the i dislike it for another reason tastes like coal or wood or <laughs> yeah. whatever right so this is very strange a the fact that we don't know if it's our sensations or our categories or our preferences like lining up or oh yeah or yeah. mixing right yeah yeah and it and that is aggravated by the fact that if we try to if we're trying to talk about these things uh just from a from a physicalist perspective right then we're obligated almost to assume all the time that there's two people that are perceiving the same thing and they're built neurologically the same and stuff like that which never happens right because physically we are made different there is and this is what where i was going uh, with the other thing right the fact that me and you are different made differently uh then it leads to all these issues, right? Because the base level, the base level, the the raw material, assuming that it's there, can be the same. But the fact that the staker is different, mm-hmm. then makes the result, which is the sensation, different. And if the sensation is different, then the pr- the, the the preference becomes different. And what do you think is the differences in the taker? It, Are they purely physical, or is it like um, in, environmental too? Like, like in other words, cultural is the sens- too. Yeah, sure. Okay, because I was going to ask when you have um, a different sensation in the most like base level way we're talking about it, is that the result of just the physical stuff being different, or do you think that let's say environmental experiences? alter sensation or do those just alter the way we characterize or prefer the sensation so i think that that's a that's a great question right and i think that it is sufficient let's put it this way it is sufficient to assume obviously um it is sufficient to assume obvious physical differences because our bodies are different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just to pose those, those distinctions but I don't think that for anybody who's older than your baby, probably, this is the only thing. Because then those physical differences get mixed up in a way that's not separable anymore with environmental, cultural, and other stuff. Hmm. And language stuff. And so you I, I think that the big difference is the linguistic aspect of it. And ha- two things are there, the linguistic aspect of it and the habit. So there are certain things that you get used to. Okay. And because so you're, you're conditioned to certain things since you were little. Okay. And most of the time, yeah, I don't like milk anymore. The way I used to like it, cow milk. Uh but I don't think it's disgusting, right? Because okay, because and co- let me because of a couple of reasons, right? Because I, first of all, I was used to drink it all my life, and secondly, I was never, um, I never bought into the idea that we shouldn't drink milk that comes from an animal. This cultural thing that never came in, so I just habit like kind of superseded everything else. Okay, question. And then we could, like, you know, carry on to the the next episode. So is it correct then? Am I correct in understanding your view as, yes, the physical stuff produces different sensations and that's not too controversial. But also, it's possible that culture, personal history, and, like, different levels of experience Mm -hmm. can not only alter the axiological 
and moral frameworks and associations, but like literally change the sensation itself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think mm. that I think that those things definitely do that. Wow. Def and and think of so we're talking right now on the basic level, right? On the let's call it the the sensory data, right? It changes this this thing that you the way you perceive something. But this becomes even more clear obviously when you attach to it all the emotional stuff that which we're talking about, right? So all of a sudden, there are certain things that I taste or certain things that I smell or that I hear that in a given culture or when I learn to speak, then all of a sudden, they become and they feel different, right? If I would tell you that there are cultures where they eat centipedes, right? It would be revolting to you like it is to me, just to clarify. <laughs> uh, but just to clarify but and this and one of the reasons is the your personal experience of course but your personal experience is not the only thing there is the other thing that you have learned since an early age probably and especially after you started speaking when you learn uh, when you learn your language that centipedes are pests they're things that you get rid of right while a child that grows up thinking and knowing that those things are food it will act differently. It, things will taste it. I cannot guarantee you that if I put a centipede in your mouth and you just taste it, it will taste disgusting to you. You won't even be able to be like sweet, sour, crunchy, crunchy for sure, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and uh, and uh, you already, Anthony's about to pass out. With this <laughs> but then the child that's eaten it all its life, it will give you all the description. Because, again, your cultural and personal experience supersedes the mere physical thing. This is why I'm saying your child right now, if you give her, like, milk or, or you know, smushed up centipedes, doesn't know any better. Yeah, I mean, okay. And she but might like it. You don't know. I mean, we don't you're, know. You're absolutely right. And we don't know. Like you can't live in this house <laughs> if that's what you eat. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you go away. Or you could scour the basement <laughs> like a cat and capturing centipedes. Um, okay, so I, I definitely agree with the the part of what you're saying where it alters your perception, where perception is defined as like a totality of embodied reactions and thoughts and emotions about something and therefore that could you know color the way you're going into it and create prejudice and maybe prevent you from even accessing whether or not it's actually sweet or salty or sour or whatever yeah but the thing that i would object to and like I, we can end up here because i don't want to go yeah, the whole sure, thing sure. this um is i don't think literally it's going to alter the core like the hyletic core of the sensation and like in other words if two if person from centipede loving culture and me person from i support centipede genocide culture is sitting we're sitting together and we're both like putting it in my mouth well mm. one in each mouth right they're not just shoving it in mine Oh God! Like I don't think, <laughs> assuming we have all the same physical parts, which already we already established, you don't. Right, right. Uh, let's, or less assumption. Assuming we have the same type of optimally functioning physical parts, I don't think that literally we're getting a different hyletic flow. I, I. So in other words, I would say the sensation is the same, but the perception is different. That is, I'm going to go uh, Barkley on you. That is assuming that those things are separable. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we can, we can, this, oh, this one is so interesting. So we'll continue in the next episode. Uh, maybe this stuff, maybe we'll delve into other stuff like the COVID altering things and yep, the referent of, of la I, language when we talk about sensation. Yeah, I think we're going to get, and we're already getting into the more complex aspect of it, and that will, yeah, yeah. will lead us there eventually. All right. So to be continued. Yeah, see you later. See ya. Mm -hmm.